The Space God Memoirs. Episode 4 Camp Tlar stood at the upper ridge of a dusty valley, its slopes lined with the collapsed trunks of hundreds of trees, long ago stripped of their branches and strewn across the ground. The camp itself was a collection of 18 tents, all set up around a stone well, along with a hollowed-out tram car that the residents now use as a public hall. It was early afternoon as we led the cart into the camp. There were around 20 people outside the tents, mostly dressed in the simple cloaks or cassocks of the region. Weathered faces glanced back at me, some curiously looking into the cart, but most simply giving me a nod of acknowledgement before going back to their duties. They were the faces of familiar strangers, the residents of the camp, a place I had been to uncounted times over the past few years. Most of the camp dwellers had the typical outlands look to them, that sallow-faced look of survivors or refugees. I'd seen it so many times across the continent. People who were glad to just be alive. But not usually glad, no. Just hanging on. Some features stood out. A child with a vestigial third arm that hung limply at her side as she played in an old rubber wheel. A young man with a bulbous growth atop his head instead of hair. A woman with a tail. That too was common enough out here in the wastes. People born different. Their bodies warped by something nobody could name or define. The Evolved Ones, the most popular local cult, said it was a curse of the gods, a sign of disfavor to mark the weak and unworthy. An old sage had once told me it was due to some tech of the ancients that had run amok, something that had once let them modify animals and grow plants better, but had gone wild since their retribution and was now scragging with the life cycle. It all kind of made me want to cry. But I'd given up crying a long time ago and replaced it with laughter. So I gave them all a big, phony, confident grin. Few people returned it. Most looked away, and the rougher sorts gave me scowls. Scrag them, I thought, but didn't say as I made my way into camp. All right, Kef, began Rayleigh, looking toward me as we stood at the edge of the crowd. We'll need two skins of water, plus a few more rations. She peeked in the direction of the well. You can take care of the water. We'll trade for the food and stay with the cart. Rayleigh plucked a loose bolt from the hulk and handed it to me. Here, this should get you enough. I gave the metal bolt a once-over and nodded. I then spun around and headed for the well, drawing my hood up. A sizable crowd was gathered around the well in the middle of the camp. Residents, their bowls, cups, and ladles in hand, were lining up to get to the water, each in turn handing a coin or trinket to the bulky, olive-green-skinned fellows standing in front of it. Off on the other side of the crowd, I heard a few grunts and a shout, before seeing a cloud of dust kicked into the air. A minor scuffle of some sort, I guessed. Not something I was planning on getting involved with, as getting involved could be a bad deal out here in the wastes. I made my way gradually towards the well, careful not to look anyone in the eyes. I was bumped and jostled a few times on the way, but made sure to keep my hands on my pack and the bolt. Finally, I got up to the well, after a good 40 minutes of waiting. Rayleigh had been right. The old bolt was enough of a tray to get both water skins filled to the brim. 
The big guy, I think his name was Murgo or Mungo or something equally stupid sounding, didn't recognize me with the hood down. Good thing, I figured. We had no real friends here in Talar, so our best bet was to get resupplied and head right north. I began making my way through the other end of the camp, hearing a few cries from the local traders. Get your dry juby fruit right here! Or, you look like you could use a new cloak! I ignored them all and pushed through. Better deals in Ganadria anyway. Through a gap in the crowd, I thought I caught a glimpse of Burge and his big blue hair, so I headed that way. As I got about halfway, between the well and the path leading north out of Talar, my gut tightened. A couple glances sideways told me I was being watched. A squinty-eyed, rat-faced man stood leaning against a tent pole, his skin the color of curdled cream. His tiny lips creased into a disgusting smile as he eyed my belongings. I caught him throwing a wink to an unseen accomplice or two before he melted back into the bustling midday crowds around the well. I kept my head low and acted like I'd seen nothing. Better to make these bug lovers think I'm unaware. I thought as I finally made out Virgin Rayleigh, standing beside the cart and Gildar, wrapped parcels in their hands. I patted my side, making sure the shiv was just where I had left it. Got the water, I noted to my friends. Looks like you got the food. Burge was about to say something. And let's head out, I added, waving him off. Shady bunch of dugamasters in camp. Sooner we leave, the better. Both Burge and Rayleigh nodded. So I took the reins and led Gildar past the last few tents and onto the dusty gravel path that led up the hill north of Talar. Around an hour later, we reached the summit of that lumpy brown dirt hill, covered in erratic patches of equally brown and dead-looking grass. The remainder of the path led down the length of the hill about a mile, before gradually vanishing into the prairie below, with its grassy reeds rising to just above my head's height. It was there, the orange sun glaring into my eyes from above, that heard the sound of footfalls somewhere off the trail. Then I saw him step out in front of me, that rat-faced guy from before. He pushed back his stained yellow cloak, revealing a head of corn-rowed black hair and a scar across his left temple. Hey, he said, stepping forward, his voice a mix of squeak and crackle. Hey, friends, what you got in the cart? None of us responded. Rayleigh shot him her saltiest glare, and Burge folded his arms over his barrel chest. I kept walking beside my Rusha, who briefly flapped its tentacles at the newcomer before continuing on its way. When I reached him, Ratface pushed his hands out in front of me, blocking my path. I asked you nicely, bud, he said once again. What you got now? I stopped in my tracks, not caring what the guy was saying. One look at him at this distance told me everything I needed to know. He was a scrapper with a few missing teeth in front. He might have been a killer with a carved bone knife on his left side belt. And finally, that he was hungry, with ribs visible under the break in his shirt. Oh yeah, and the sound of that dead grass crinkling on the hill a few paces back told me that he had a friend nearby. Scratch that, multiple friends. There had to be at least two guys in the tall grasses ahead of us, too. A moment later, they made their appearance. Two burly brutes just as ugly as Ratface. Rusty metal bars in their hands and a greenish tint to their flesh. This is what they called an oasis a jump heist. Or what most people would just call banditry. I sighed. I was no warrior. But I was in no mood to get robbed. Ratface began to reach for my tarp. Burge stepped beside me, pulling out the big steel hammer he carried on his belt. Come on, man, I said, turning my head towards Ratface. This isn't worth it. <laughs> we'll see about that, he said, pulling back the lip of the tarp and peeking inside. Ooh, shinies, he noted, his eyes getting a little wide. No idea what they are, but... 
Yeah! I stop back. No idea what it is we have in the cart, and you and your buddies out there still want to rob us. I could see Ratface reaching for his knife, though by the look on his scrunched up face I could tell he was a bit surprised by my response. Still, his two green-skinned buddies were taking steps forward, patting their rusty bars against their palms. At the same time, I could still hear the heavy footfalls of their other friend, now only a few paces behind me. A drop of sweat was forming at the edge of my forehead. My stomach muscles were clenched, but I made sure to stand up straight and give my craziest but most heroic look. With that, I pulled back the rest of the tarp, revealing the rough shape of the broken hulk still looking pretty intact. If you want to know, I began, what I have here is a bona fide piece of the old people's tech. To be specific, the Grand Fist Patroller model number G-756. Back in the days before the retribution, they were said to be the guardians of the ruins, a kind of police force for the ancients. Only a few days ago, this one was still operating. It damn straight took out a brick wall before I personally laid it low. Right, he said, shaking his head. Scrawny little bastard like you take that thing out? He chuckled, but I could still see him eyeing what was in my cart and thinking about it. At that point, I caught a shadow across the corner of my eye. His friend was there, right behind me. I hope neither one of them could hear how loud my heart was beating. Yep, me and my buddy here, I added, pointing a thumb at Burge with his hammer. I trap the things, this guy finishes them off. It's what we do. Adventurers, treasure hunters, monsters slayers. Out of the corner of my eye, I noticed Rayleigh. She had taken out a screwdriver and was fiddling with something on her belt. We've taken down tons of those things, I continued, still looking at Ratface. Worse too, Jumno Beasts, Chavrils, and of course the obligatory rival treasure hunters. So, if you and the boys think you have a good chance of beating us and claiming this loot for yourselves, I say go right ahead and try. I mean, that thing is worth quite a value in barter, to the right buyers. There's not many of them, I can tell you that. Very specific market for these things. And up north, uh, well, we all know how superstitious those river folks are about old tech. Chances are guys like you are caught with an old hulk. The evolved ones will straight up kill you, maybe torture you first, so... I tried to duck as the guy behind me swung his heavy club at my head. It still caught me right across the back, sending me crashing to the ground, my face full of dust. Daga crap! Kill them all and take their stuff! shouted Ratface. I turned upward just in time to see the two big green guys right above me, ready to swing down with their metal bars. Burge was standing with his hammer right over the dusky guy who had just knocked me down. Nobody else was looking at Rayleigh, but I could see she had something in her hands. A T-shaped device with a handle and two antennae. Before anyone could take another swing, Rayleigh pushed the tip of her little screwdriver into an exposed spot on the device's handle. Strands of blue electricity immediately spiderwebbed out across its surface, covering it. She threw the thing right between Ratface and the green dudes. The T-shaped tool broke in half, and the blue lightning crackled out, cascading over all three men. The two big guys screamed and flailed their arms, dropping their rusty bars. Ratface fell to the ground, covering his eyes. Burge kicked the guy behind us, who was still down. I just looked at Rayleigh and raised one eyebrow. Come on, she said. They won't be out long. Rayleigh tucked her screwdriver into his proper belt slot. I replaced the tarp, patted old Gildar on the back, and got moving. In moments, we were on our way and out of sight. Hopefully that was the last we'd see of stupid waste bandits and their morgue-munching idiocy. I had a starship waiting for me in Ganadria, 
and no time for fools. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. Please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts, go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the Space God Memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.